on. I'm doing some research so I can speak intelligently about something. Wow. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to learn, and to listen to loud music. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger. You did that very well. I have, I, have a, I have a really huge part of the intro, so I just want to make sure I get it and nail it. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Woohoo! <laughs> Tonight we are going to talk about fermenting geodes. Nasty. I, uh, you can't I, do that. I, I don't recall that. <laughs> fermenting a geode? That's right. Okay. Uh, I have heard of... Let's see. What, what's a story where... Um, Creatures eat right. Oh yeah, like in in uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, the Gorons. Uh, well, they're rock people, and they eat rocks, which sounds Some, bad when I say that now. They. Oh yeah, that does. Sound wait a bad. minute. So they're sentient rock people, who I guess it's analogous to eating animals or whatever, but they they eat non sentient rocks, and they have a um, like a disdain for, for like gems. Cause they're like, Oh, they don't taste, they don't taste very good, but at least we can trade them with others. Um, and I guess they might be cool with eating a geode, but. So they don't think gems taste good. No, that's because the dragon in my little pony loves to eat gems. Mm. Different mythologies. Yeah. So anyway, if you could ferment a geode, that might be a nice, um, a nice treat for the the um, the of age Gorons. You know what else it would do? What what's that? It would give those Gorons really good gut health. <laughs> okay. So oh wait wait wait. So they're they're keeping their 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 biome healthy biomagical biomagical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's what they're doing. Okay. Nice. Um. So but we can't eat a geode. No. That's been fermented or not. True that. Right. So, so, so I what, guess there's an and the, in this? there. We're going to talk about fermenting and we're going to talk about geodes. Okay. If that helped. It did. All right. Um, yeah. Fits more with my recollection of what happened. <laughs> of life. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk. So this, um, this past summer, this summer that we're in now, we have spent some time doing some different... Um, learning some new things. Mm. And as we talk about on this podcast often, it's okay to try new things and to fail and to learn. And this is, um, I mean, I don't think it was a colossal failure, but there was definitely a lot of learning that's been happening with the whole fermenting um, hobby. I'm just going to call it a hobby. Can I sure. call it a hobby? Yeah. I mean, do uh, sure. Can, can, a, I had to, can I, a hobby stink up the house? <laughs> I guess all I, of them I, do. I suppose, yeah. You, some of them, it's like, yeah, you put in sweat, and you've got this equipment that sits that that needs some some attention, love, yep, to you know get freshened up again, and um, yeah, that that fermenting really leaves an impression on it, my on it, your nose. It does. So, okay, let me back up and say what happened is um, I'm always reading and experimenting and looking at kind of different health things and as you mm-hmm. are and and physical health, mental health, um, nutrition, kind of all of the above. We we kind of keep an eye and, and, and look. And 
it was one of those things where when something kind of comes across your info stream a number of times, and by info stream, I don't mean Instagram, who totally listens to everything I think in my brain and then shows me ads for that. But <laughs> I mean, just like in your life. So um, I was reading a, a book, uh, a cookbook that was also kind of a lifestyle and cookbook that I really was enjoying. And they were talking about um, the amazing benefits of fermented vegetables mm. and fermented foods. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I, I like sauerkraut, like when somebody else makes it and puts it on my beet sandwich. Oh, yeah. Right. right yeah. We, we have get, a restaurant that serves something. They, what, they call it a Chelsea. They call it a Chelsea. I don't, Chelsea. Know, I don't know if that's the common term for it, but it's kind of a, so you have like a Reuben and you got a Rachel and, and I think it, a there's a Chelsea. Yeah. It's so good. And it's beets and, uh, and sauerkraut and cheese and avocado. Yeah. So good. And anyway. And what else is on there? There's something else. Is tomato? Little, no. Hmm. No, no, no. Little, Beets. little other spice. A little yeah, something. that's right. There's like a little spicy mayo or something on there. Yeah. But they do it vegan, so maybe not a spicy Well, they mayo. swap things out. If you, you can get it vegan style, but it's, um, you know, then they get rid of a couple ingredients. The cheese, obviously. But it's got, a, it has a little bit of kick to it. Yeah. And uh, it's quite, quite awesome. As, as a oh, now I'm hungry. Yeah, it's a good sandwich. So that's, um, you know, um, right, sauerkraut. I'm a fan yeah. of sauerkraut yeah, as well. Yeah, so I like that, you know, but I've never been some... a huge, like, ooh, I want a bunch of, you know, yeah. I, we tried kimchi once, and I was like, eh, it's okay, but it's not going to be my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, somebody else prepared. But so I was reading this book about how it's really <laughs> and good. And also, when I opened that jar, it exploded everywhere. And as the far kimchi? As, yeah, the kimchi was very active. Very active kimchi. It was busy, busy kimchi that that I that I I mostly got it to the sink, but um, you wore a little bit. Yeah, I did wear a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So then I think my chiropractor mentioned, oh, you should you know ferment this or this is for good for good gut health. Everybody's good gut health. Good so that's like health. another source. Yeah, that was like another source. And then there was a couple other places that it kind of came came across my radar and people I know talking about it and you know the amazing benefits and how great everybody feels. And but when I was talking to my chiropractor who I've known for years and and I trust very much, she's like, oh, it's so easy. You just put the stuff in a jar, you set it in the corner for a week and you're golden. And I was like, oh, well, I can do that, you know. I can ignore stuff in a jar. Right? Mm-hmm. So then what do I do? I go out to Pinterest and I say, hey, Pinterest, what's this fermenting thing all about? And for Pinterest, just like, okay, you've got to do it. Here's a thousand really cool recipes. You know, this isn't just making grandma's sauerkraut. This is, well, I'll tell you, what do I got here? The two that I did, pineapple turmeric sauerkraut. So it was like, it was like this giant fresh pineapple that I just chopped and chopped and turmeric and wonderful things. And the other one was jalapeno cilantro sauerkraut. And we had cilantro growing in the herb garden. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, again, this is kind of cool and fun and mm-hmm. so I was like great so then I read a little bit more and there were some weird rules about well you got to do this and if you get scum on the top you got to do that and you got to you know leave the lid on loose so the gas can escape and I'm like wait a minute so I did a little more reading and a little more reading well that's when Instagram got involved what so uh right so you're leaving a trail of uh, of browsing activity 
different uh, yep. you know, different sites that are supported by ads and yep. ad technology and ad networks sharing data because of partners and and you know agreements that you imply. Anyway, whatever you're 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 uh, you're being targeted. Watched. Yeah, watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next thing I know in my Instagram is the fermenting. Um, it's another word for God. What? You know, the ferment deity, the fermenting, um, celestial being, um, Elvis, the the fermenting Elvis. Yes, that's exactly. I just couldn't come (laughs) up with it. You know, like the end all be all of fermenting. And it's a special lid that allows gas out. It's a one-way valve. It allows the stank gas out, but doesn't allow any air to get in so that you're yeah. you're not going to get, air quote, scum on your food that you're fermenting. Wow. Um, and no mold. Which, to me, what? was a selling point. You have to battle scum and mold. If you don't do it right. Jeez. Because, you know, air and oxygen and our dirty air gets in there and oh, things sure. are growing and living. So I'm like, well, clearly I need these fancy lids. And turns out lots of people sell them. But but you had a source. I did. You know, and so Instagram's like every other day is like, didn't you want to do fermenting? Don't you want these fancy <laughs> lids? They fit on any normal jar. They fit on all of the jars. You have jars in your cupboard, Kate. Uh, you like vegetables you like unleashing little like fermented stink ghosts into and your I, house well i didn't know okay so you're you've given away the end i That's, didn't know it was gonna make our house smell like butt it was <laughs> especially one room and it was uh yeah i mean it would it was like it it it, it, it gets you like you're like I'm, you're minding your own business you come into the house transitioning from who knows day job Whatever, get in the mail and do 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 open the door. Normal days, you're like, ah, it's my house. These days, uh, if you turn Pow. your head to the left, <laughs> and if if you turn your head to the right, you're like, Oh, it's I don't know, everything's kind of fine. But then if you turned your head to the left a little bit toward this room where the stuff was, boom, in your face, like something was happening over intense there. Intense sense. Of, um, I don't know what, like, what was that like even? It was yeah, like, it was like spicy and pineapple and, and, um, and, and trash. <laughs> <laughs> We're such good fermenters. Well, again, so jalapeno cilantro and pineapple turmeric, I mean, but the, I don't think those were the smells that we were getting. We were getting the air like, quote off gassing of the fermentation process. It's like, uh-oh, the salad bar has gone bad. It like was. The whole, the whole salad bar. It was. It was It was crazy. But, you know, I mean, that's what some of that stuff smells like, right? You open some sauerkraut. It's not the most... It's so funny. I guess it does. But, like... But to have it it's just not kind a roommate. of like... Right. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Like a room-filling roommate, too. Yeah. So we let our... Jalapeno cilantro sauerkraut and our spicy trash ghost, <laughs> pineapple turmeric sauerkraut. Sit. Um, I think they both were five to seven days, and I think we let them sit for ten days, mm-hmm. and then put the regular lids on them, the seal this stuff up lid, mm-hmm. 
And then we put them in the refrigerator. Yes. Um, and pretty much right away, we did we did start to sample and try it. Yeah. Um, and, well, what was your first impression? Tastes like sauerkraut. It tasted like fancy sauerkraut to me. Like, yeah. it was not like plain old, oh, this is a little bit sour and salty and crunchy, um kind of thing it was um uh it was really different it was it was not uh i don't know it, it reminded it was like exotic sauerkraut where Ooh. it's like the first time i i remember like i don't know it's like tasting something like it was the first time what vinegar <laughs> first <laughs> tell me about your first time tasting balsamic vinegar <laughs> sure <laughs> it's uh it was um it's it has this surprising like edgy bitterness to it yeah but a tiny bit of sweetness i will say time. i really liked the jalapeno cilantro one mm-hmm. and i think we did eat quite a bit of that we I we have been eating them so i like the oh, you did. yeah I, I really like a primary base of the jalapeno cilantro one yeah and then add a little bit of the um, pineapple. Pineapple. See, at the pineapple turmeric one, I was disappointed because I felt like the flavor the flavor was really bland. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's so. I just expected a lot of flavor out of pineapple turmeric. Yeah. That well, was, I, yeah, I can see that. I mean, and honestly, the spicy one was not nearly as um, spicy as I thought, too. I mean, the oh, see, I thought that one was pretty spicy. Oh, okay. Well, different tastes, I suppose. Yeah. But we did that on a lot of things. We ate it as a side. We put it on mm-hmm. sandwiches. Yeah. I mean, we had, what, vegetarian uh, hot dogs. Yeah, we put it on veggie dogs one night. Yeah. That was fun. And, uh, um, yeah, a few different things. And, and I liked it best as a side, though, because to me it was in a row, yeah. overpowering. Okay, yeah. so here's the, my big question for you, though, is did you feel any particular... Uh, gut health change? Uh, I think it made my gut get busy. <laughs> um, I had a little bit of a... I had some um, some action going on down, down there. <laughs> it was... I don't know what to say. I burped a few times. Yeah, That's yeah. right. We did, we did find that we had... Um, we did have the burps from that. I do remember that. We talked about that. Yeah, and it wasn't intense or like this was clearly not a well-prepared meal or something and now I'm in in some sort of distress. No, it wasn't discomfort, but, but it was you burpy. It was burpy. But yeah, it was and and not like I don't know, it was its own kind of thing. That was a, that included being a little burpy. So Well, um I think a few things that I'll just talk a little bit about what I learned and then we can move on to geodes that okay. we did not eat. Because I've known people probably don't want to hear any more about our gut health. No. <laughs> well, yeah. We, right. That was a flyby. There's no, we're not, we're not going to the, you know, the nitty gritty detail, but like, and I didn't either. I didn't use a microscope in any, any of this. So I don't know. I just, I have, uh, I have just a little story. That's it. Just a little, did you want to tell like more? Should. No. Okay. So I think lessons learned um, for us, or well, for me and and you, I guess you can share your own lessons learned is, you know, um, 
where we place, because it needs to be stored, you know, you're, as you're fermenting, it needs to be in a cool, not in sunlight space. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a dark space, but it's not supposed to be like sitting in the sun mm. in a cool spot. Um, so I think we would really have to kind of think about where we would um, ferment. And, you know, if you think about it, at least when I think about it, I feel like, you know, people would like harvest and have kind of their root vegetables and they would want to preserve them, mm-hmm. you know, and they would do their preserves. I feel like so maybe some of the fermenting happened in the fall. Hmm. I guess I don't know that oh, I history. Suppose, yeah, I'm I mean, just... so then, uh, yeah, in an, in a northern climate, in, or I guess probably, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, the seasons are swapped as far mm-hmm. as uh, uh, hemispheres, but like, um, or, hmm, does that... Um, I'm just saying it might be cooler out. People could have put it in yeah, their so root cellar and their... Well, there's less sun, right, yeah. toward the fall and winter yeah. also. Yeah. So I think, you know, figuring out where we would put the um, stank bombs mm-hmm. would be important. The other thing I really feel like I learned is I would make much smaller batches. I made huge batches of this stuff. I made both of them were like two half liter jars of... Uh, yeah, sauerkraut. I mean, sauerkraut. I, I don't... It was like, we were eating it every night. And it was like, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, barely putting a dent in this thing. It's, yeah. Yeah. That, so I, I would mean, make a much smaller... Live and learn. It's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, um, that, yeah, I agree. That was a huge volume. So I would do smaller batches. I would do, um, figure out the where to put it in the house or just know that for this week it's going to smell funky in yeah. this room and just kind of make peace with that and, you know, figure that out. Um, I think those were my biggest takeaways, mm. my biggest lessons. And then to keep experimenting with different recipes and kind of finding, okay, what other things would would we enjoy fermented? I mean, both of these, I think we had the kids try the pineapple one. Yeah. And they were like, it looked like pineapple, but it didn't taste like pineapple. So they were like, yeah, no thanks. That's not pineapple anymore. Yeah. That's, that was kind of the reaction. Yeah. And turmeric, you know, maybe isn't best kind of introduction for the kids but yeah i right they're for their their palates they're they're not into uh even i guess flavors that they're not into flavor (laughs) (laughs) they do have bland palates regardless of how hard we try yeah um so right well like over time we can but we can try new stuff they they were brave they gave it a shot they did they do break up with that. Totally. They, they'll try it, but it's it, but this yeah. like tiny little nibble and be like, I tried it and I don't like it. Cause that's like the phrase they have to say. <laughs> <laughs> that, that unlock, that's the password to be like, yeah, all right, you yeah. may, you may continue. Yeah. Here's <laughs> some more mac and cheese. Yep. So, um, all right. Th- that was our, that was an adventure that we'll have again. I and imagine. Yes. I continue. We will continue mm-hmm. this adventure and we'll kind of report back in. And I do have a couple of um, photos of kind of the ingredients and stuff. Maybe I'll put those out on Instagram. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, when I was making them that night, when I was making the stuff that night and it was, it smelled all smelled wonderful and was really fun to kind of chop up all the fresh ingredients. But again, the volume I did was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and and uh, all the all the smelly jokes aside, that it's there's something about during the fermenting, um, like a like a mild exposure, quick, you know, quick, you know, quick breath, what have you of it. It's um it's pleasant, but it's it, it's a little overwhelming when it's like okay, 
now it's every breath you take in this room. <laughs> you know, it'll, it's it's still <laughs> it's still intensely stinking up the place. But anyway, yeah. Um, what's uh, what was this geode thing? The geode. So we love rocks and stones and crystals and um, all those earthy things. Okay. Stuff um, the earth made. Stuff the earth made. And so, again, I'll tell a little story because I like mm-hmm. to tell stories. Hmm. And this is a little bit of a long walk, but just bear with me. Okay. So I want to say... So our oldest is going into third grade. I want to say at some point when she was in first grade, um, when you get the book orders, like the book orders that come home from school, the scholastic book orders, mm-hmm. she always wants stuff that has toys in it. And, and that's like against my rule. Nope, this is a book order. You get to order books. Well, one thing she always really wanted was this this rock. It was a bunch of different rocks that came in this box and they were all labeled and crystals and different things. And so she really wanted this. She really wanted this for quite some time. Well, at some point in second grade, for some reason, somehow she earned a reward and I ordered it. And it was this box of crystals. And this has been a very, um, one of her favorite things. And Mm -hmm. so she has studied each one of these, um, you know, there's a piece of, there's a rock in there that's onyx. There's lapis lazul. There is tiger's eye. There is quartz. There is... Mm -hmm green tourmaline. I mean, there's all these different crystals in there and it's just really cool. Different rocks. And she's memorized every single one of them. And for a long time, I don't know if you ever get quizzed, but when on my nights to do bedtime, she will dump out the the stones and I have to put them all right back in the correct place. This is part of our (laughs) bedtime routine. Yeah. I mean, we did that a couple of times, but yeah, I think you, you two share more of a a passion for those. Yes. Yeah. So she's my rock kid and and we've been enjoying different, different rock and crystal things. And I have crystals that I use as well and love and enjoy and just play with. And so we were at the zoo of all things with some friends and in the gift shop at the zoo, they had these geodes that were these brilliant, they almost look like amethysts, like rocks busted open that look like amethysts, Hmm. beautiful purple. And you could buy any one of them that was open, but they also had a bin of just the geodes and you could buy the geode and take it home and smash it open yourself. Hmm. Well, this was kind of her jam. And she was like, are you kidding? This is what I want. I want this. And so we were all excited and I just, I wasn't, understanding the the whole geode thing very well at that moment because the lady in the register says, yeah, because she had one that was busted open that was purple. Again, it looked like an amethyst. Like you see, you know, in crystal shops, you see those amethysts, cracked open amethysts. Mm. And then she had the whole geode because it was a buy two thing, you know, for the price of one or whatever. And the lady said, well, we, these are, you know, when you bust yours open, it's going to be plain. And I was like, what do you mean plain? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, it's going to be plain. We dye ours. So all of that purple in that crystal was some sort of dye. She's like, but you can dye yours. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we came home that day with a half a rock and a whole rock and said, you know, we need a hammer 
and a chisel and what if we had like all these things we thought we needed mm-hmm. and they told us just wrap it in a towel and smack it with a hammer mm. and then i think that's where you took over yeah i mean i i looked at a couple of youtube videos and it was uh it reminded me of our exploration of opening coconuts. Oh my god! Have we told the coconut story? Yeah, I, I have to look back at. Them. I mean, I we've done like fifty, you know, fifty-one this is episodes, 52. fifty-two here. So we might have, but maybe we'll have to dig into that coconut story at some point. But yeah, I'm gonna make but, um, <laughs> coconuts are durable, so the, I'll but just leave it at that mostly, for, for the most now. recent but, like, time we. Did yeah, open, we had a but okay. It was so super easy. It like busted open. It was like, what? Yeah, so you know, I wouldn't say it was exactly like a magical, you know, easy, easy what, but it was uh, far better than the first time, which was perplexing and caused damage to furniture and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. But um, but the geo thing was a similar deal where it's like, oh yeah, you just you know you get hammered, you go tappy tap, tappy tap, tappy tap around the perimeter. Of wherever it starts to crack, and then boop, it's open. And um, <clears throat> you know, you can do it other ways too. You can, you can, you can do the chisel thing. You can do the swing it hard thing. But like for the most part, it's not. Um, it's just not as durable as a coconut. So, <laughs> all I know is I left you. You guys were on the deck, and I mm-hmm. went to grab something because I thought we needed. I don't know if it was another towel. I think it was a towel to lay it on. Yeah. And by the time I came back, five seconds later, it was all over with. Yeah. So um, I, I think, well, our eldest was pretty excited about the process and she, you know, smacked it with a hammer. Enthusiastically got to it and, uh, you know, got caused an, an initial crack that was pretty easy to follow and, um, and, and it, it didn't take many hits. Yeah, it was super fast. And so then the geode was open and in three pieces, mm-hmm. and it was... Um, like, so, so two primary pieces, but then one little extra filler piece. Yeah. And it was plain it looked like, and white, and it was cool. I mean, it was cool crystals. Yeah. It looked like, it looked like nasty cheese to me, to be honest. <laughs> um, it was like, wow, um, this is so milky white. And then if you are patient, you, you, you aim it so like light ref, reflects yeah, off of it, it and stuff. Yeah, it wasn't shiny. It's like, oh, okay, cool. This is a crystal stone. It's fascinating. But like if you just, it's, it, it's like not reflecting light at you or whatever. It, it, it's kind of milky, cheesy looking. Yeah, I would agree. It wasn't as shiny or sparkly as I expected. Right. So what do we do next? Because we're really good parents. Well, I mean, you heard at the zoo, which right, die that's, that that's puppy got to be a good source. Yeah, go for it. Call you know somehow. So go back to the internet, mm-hmm. check Mr. Webb, and say, "What do we do with this?" <laughs> Mr. Webb says, uh, "Use fabric dye." Yep, that's and I was that's like, what we mm. found. All right. So originally, I was like, "Darn it, I don't have any fabric dye," because I was thinking like. Those bottles of writ fabric dye, mm-hmm. which I sometimes have, but I just I didn't have any. And then it dawned on us we still had in the cupboard tie dye dye. Mm-hmm. Can you say that that many times? Tie mm-hmm. dye dye. And the tie dye dye, 
I'm just going to tell everybody right now, in case you don't know, is fabric dye. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Big spoiler. <laughs> so away we go to the backyard with our busted open geode, a bucket, some fabric dye. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there, there were some guidelines. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there was, um, right, we had to put salt in there for some reason, and uh, the fabric dye and a certain amount of water cover it up. And then it's then it was meant to sit for four hours. Yeah, we left it out there overnight. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, it, I mean, it was very, very. We used uh, a teal blue, yeah. teal blue dye for mm-hmm. the geode that was creamy white cheese colored. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I don't know. What do you what do you think of the end result? Okay. <laughs> so it dyed the outside rock. Yes. A weird blue color, but the crystals. No, they still look like moldy cheese. I would say then the crystals looked like maybe yeah, yeah, they got more moldy. I would, I right, would say because it was more used moldy. a teal blue dye. Yeah, and we used this brilliant teal blue dye. And when you know, I mean, you've got the tie dye socks to prove it. I do. Um, that it's a very brilliant. I have, the, I have three sets of problematic tie dye socks <laughs> because my my wonderful wonderful family. I, I um the, the, so um it. Kate made a pair, our youngest made a pair, and our oldest made a pair. And now I am heavily judged as far as which pair I'm wearing They're not, and which pair I'm not wearing. You're not judged. It's just identified. Well, okay, so I'm not judged, but people feel judgment. Actually, it's, 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 it's the opposite. I'm not judged. It's as if I have judged. And... <laughs> And I show who who has who, you love who has the most. earned my favor by based on which tie dye socks problematic tie dye socks I wear. Anyway. <laughs> I know the best part. What? Oh, not you! I'm talking to the listeners. So he's gone to wearing one of each. <laughs> yep. Well, I but can't wear three socks. Two feet, so right. he only loves two of us at a time. But so it all works I wear out. the I wear yours as a pair, but I wear the you know our. Are the, kids. the little ones as uh, one of each? On one of each set, set. Anyway, problematic tie dye socks, everybody. Um, so we use this very brilliant, bright blue, tealy blue dye. Yeah, I would have expected like some brightness. Yeah, honestly. I know it was this light, muted, moldy looking rock now. Yes. Three pieces of it. It was like it was like Hollywood was like you know what we need, and we need this rock that's like cheesy looking to look older <laughs> and a little moldy, and uh, and we pulled Voila. it off. That was that was what happened. Tie dye dye does it. So if anybody knows the proper way to dye a geode to make it look sparkly and to make it look brilliant. Um, I don't know if we can re-dye it, but we would be certainly happy to hear other people's experiences. So yeah, I mean, um, it's I'd been a f- happily. I mean, we could we could uh, acquire another one. We and could figure it out. Not difficult to do. We yeah. lots of places we can get another one. Yeah, um, we've had a really fun summer. We um, we've missed being um, um, doing the podcast. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's funny because I think the last episode too, we did kind of our our coming back episode. Uh, we had like. 
things that didn't go so well. I also, so here we are just keeping it real. We're back and messing stuff up. That's right. But, but we're uh, learning and growing and yeah. having fun. Trying stuff. That's right. Hey, should we do some picks? Yeah, that sounds great. All uh, right. Picks are a nice way to like try stuff that is um, not the uh, moldy cheese rock. Or stinky. Yeah, that's not going to be my pick. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yes. Why don't you have art tonight? Why don't you go first? Okay. Well, my art pick is um, it's it's kind of a choose your own adventure pick related to a um, a thing I bought from JetPens. And oh, uh, so JetPens.com. Jet yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome. It's like if you like... Um, oh, to write stuff down. Well, yeah, I, uh, I mean, if you like natural media and uh, and especially different kinds of writing instruments and stuff, they're they're a fantastic place to to check out. And uh, we would love to be sponsored by JetPens, by the way. Um, yeah, JetPens.com. You can find lots of awesome things. But in particular, um, I bought a sampler and it's 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 I just wanted to just branch out and find a few different uh, pen options that, um, you know, that I, I, I just wouldn't have necessarily, you know, stumbled into otherwise. Um, so yeah, I got the jet pens, brush, jet pens, brush pen sampler too. And Ooh, you got 2.0. Yeah. And they, they have a, a, a sampler one, both are available. The one that I got into was, was number two that it was, um, very, uh, I don't know. There was something about Something about it that was like, this has, it's either like one more pen than, than sampler one or something about it that, that I, I was, it, it got me more curious. And, uh, and I think part of it was, is that I wanted, uh, uh, the, the flexibility. So like if you use a, um, uh, like, a different, different markers, different pens of different shapes and, 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 uh, and, and sizes, like a brush pen will typically have a little bit of expressiveness to it where if you use light pressure or um, heavy pressure, you're going to see uh, a line that changes a lot based on like how you're, you know, pushing that, that thing toward the paper. And uh, that's, let's see, I, I've used, let's see, Pentel pocket brush color type things. The, um, Oh gosh, there's yeah, there's a few that I've tried in the past that that um, that I've found others recommend, but like this let me branch out beyond the the stuff I nice. tried before, and so I like that. But then there's two pens that what's funny is the um it's a like it's a twenty seven dollar price tag for the overall sampler pack, which I honestly like every pen in the sampler pack, but I have two favorites. Oh, I was going to ask you that. Ah, now I don't have a question. No questions. Darn it. Darn it! I didn't mean to to, to deflect questions, but um, <clears throat> I there are the the two that I really like a lot. Both of them are three dollars and thirty cents each. So, okay, that that's interesting. That um, maybe I like the cheap pens in the sampler pack. I was just gonna say I'm not <clears throat> I'm not connecting the math. How many pens in the pack? Uh, what is it? Uh, five or six pens? I'm clicking to six pens. So yeah, six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, six times, you know, three would be 18, right? So, yeah, I mean, I like... Did you check to make sure that the pack wasn't... 
um, no, I did a not. Bad deal. Yeah, I did not do a do a deal scan of the pack to see if that's I'm, funny. I'm, yeah, getting they're all three dollar pens. Um, but so buy them together and it's pay double. Quite possible. There's a um, I don't know some sort of newbie tax to to the pack. That's funny, but but I kind of doubt it. I think that essentially I like a couple of the cheaper pens in the pack. That's kind of fun. And so yeah, the the one of them that is that is my favorite is like. Okay, so I, I will start with my second favorite, and then tell me tell my my favorite favorite. Oh, it's, countdown! Um, yeah, countdown. So second favorite is the Kuratake Bimoji brush pen medium, and it's uh, it's a funny it's it's a, it looks it looks like a like a Japanese calligraphy brush in, oh, sure. in its aesthetic, but um, but how it feels is like a little you know brush marker pen, and it's not like a super squishy brush. It's uh, it's expressive, but it takes a little bit of a uh, little bit of force. Not a ton. Not but a little, squishy. Little bit. Yeah. So like uh, like a Pentel pocket brush color pen is is a brush brush, right? Like that thing will fan out if you push hard on it, where this will not. And um, so that nice. That yeah. does sound like a cool kind of design. I like it, and it's um, it has a wider range of um, of of uh, line weight than the other one that I like a lot, which is my favorite favorite, and that's the Pilot Fude Makase Color Brush Pen. Wow, um, that's a mouthful. Yeah, but Pilot and makes it. Yeah, it's so huh, funny. They make but a like, lot of pens. They yeah, you know, but then this one is uh, so Jet Pens tends to import a lot of stuff from Japan. So this seems to be a Japanese market specific pen. And then, you know, people who are fancy aficionados who shop at jetpens.com can also get that pen. So there you go. Both of those are a pretty fair deal at $3.30. Nice. And do they come in multiple colors or are you limited to black and blue? So the Pilot Fude Makase color brush pen uh, does come in different weights and colors. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I like that pen a lot. So Fantastic. That, that, those are my art picks. So um, I did come up with a question. What? So those two pens that you discussed, the two $3 pens, mm-hmm. what do you primarily use each of them for? I used both of them a lot during uh, July and uh, sketchbook summer. <clears throat> but then... Um, but but since I mean it's just sort of they're they're informal expressive fancy pens that I like to uh, I like to draw with and okay. do little uh, little sketches. Fantastic. Yeah. So you have a science pick. I do have a science pick. My science pick tonight is ice cream. What? Sciency. <clears throat> what? <laughs> Ice cream, well, I guess more specifically, ice cream in a bag. Okay, so ice ice cream in a bag is not something I was familiar with, which is odd because I did a lot of camps as a youngster, and I went to camp, and I taught camp, and I know all the camp songs. Um, so I was surprised when our oldest, um, at the end of second grade, had done ice cream in a bag at school. And then also this summer at, I think, two different camps had done ice cream in a bag. And every time she would come home with the recipe for ice cream in a bag, and I was every time I would go like, yeah, like that works. And <laughs> kind of put it 
on the um, the desk where we put, you know, everything collects. So I hung the recipe up and I finally ordered all the ingredients, which is um, not like it's tricky. It was, you know, half and half or whipping cream, one or the other, right? That's what you use to make ice cream, mm-hmm. sugar and vanilla. Hmm. And then you also need ice and salt. Hmm. Um, so it's really simple, right? It's very, very basic. Um but I finally got all the ingredients, and we had dinner out on the deck one night, and the kids wanted special dessert. And I looked at our oldest, and I said, hey, I bought all the stuff for that ice cream in the bag if you want to go make that. And Zoom, both kids were gone. So you and I sat on the deck while the children made dessert in the kitchen with, again, half and half sugar, vanilla, couple Ziploc bags, ice and salt. <laughs> and I was just imagining there being a massive disaster, but it worked out great and it turned out great and it was so cool. So what you do is you take a smaller Ziploc bag and you put your, your, um, your cream or your half and half and vanilla and sugar in, and it's just a little bit of sugar. And then you seal up that Ziploc bag. And again, they did great. There was no spills in this whole process. I still am a little bit amazed. And then you take a large Ziploc bag and you put ice in there and then you put salt in on the ice. You put your small cream bag inside the larger Ziploc bag. You zip it all shut and then you shake, 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 shake for like five minutes. And that Ziploc bag with the cream and the vanilla and the sugar turns into flipping ice cream. (laughs) And they do this outside at camp. They did this in her classroom. And it works, and it works really well. So, of course, this is a science pick. And so, of course, the science behind it is, you know, adding salt to the ice drops the freezing temperature of the ice. So the ice melts. But what it does is as they're shaking and that is happening and the freezing temperature has dropped, it adds this cooling effect that actually um, chills the cream and the sugar together so that it can freeze at a lower temperature. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So science, right? And then you get ice cream. So, I, it freezes at a lower temperature. Yep. When you're making the ice cream, the lower temperature of the ice and salt mixture, which surrounds the cream and sugar mixture, is cold enough to change the state of the cream from a liquid to a solid. Are you quoting something? I am. I'm reading off of a website because I had to read the science behind this multiple times because everybody kept saying, yep, you add salt just like you do to the roads and the sidewalks and it lowers the freezing temperature. I'm like, that doesn't tell you how it and makes it lowers ice cream. the freezing temperature. Oh, okay. So I get the concept in that the... Um, so the surrounding space has a lower freezing temperature. So in a way, it, it enables more cold and less freezing. Right, where yes, it's like uh, adding, I can see that being it. It doesn't say that here in my research, but yeah, yeah, I'm paraphrasing, you know. And I'll tell you that um, one sure. of the things that a lot of the websites tell you to do as as your experiment is to do two bags of the cream and sugar and vanilla, and then put one in with ice and salt, and put one in just with ice. Oh, yeah, and the one with just ice will either take much, much longer to turn to ice cream or won't do it at all. Whoa. But the one with the ice and the salt will turn to ice cream. <laughs> so um, I will um, 
take I can the, there's a million links to everybody doing this there's a thousand of them but okay. um, the recipe is kind of always the same but it's kind of cool and it and it works and it works great and again our kids went and made it completely on their own dished it up brought it out and we sat and ate ice cream yeah it was fun tasted really good yeah that's an awesome pick science ice cream <laughs> I didn't see that one coming so. I like to keep you on your toes you sure do. All right, Mr. Stenzinger, I think that wraps us up for today. So thank you for listening and for being a part of our Art and Science Punks community. Robbie, where can the people find us online? Well, we are Art and Science Punks on Instagram. Yet, on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. And you can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. And we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can always reach me at our Art and Science Punks Instagram page. Well, and I'm also uh, on Instagram uh, as Rob Stenzinger. And I'm, uh, you know, on Twitter and stuff too, which that's kind of a crap fest, but, you know, of course I pay attention if you reach out to me. Awesome. Keep building, making, and sharing. could be a good science pick circulation no why does your leg fall asleep why does your foot fall asleep or what does that mean when your foot falls asleep sure why do you feel the the prickly tingles yeah yeah oh that'd be a good science pick it would be foreshadowing